Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Lore Watch, a roundtable freeform discussion about lore and our favorite video games. I'm your host, Joe Perez, one of several lore-focused folks from Blizzard Watch, and I've got my stupendous co-host with me today, Matt Rosca. How are you doing today, Matt? Our entire family was destroyed by this evil king. Okay, that is a thing that has happened. <laughs> uh, if you haven't seen, um, there's a, a, a Silent Live skit where they're doing a Medieval Times tournament but one of the people is played by kylo ren himself um and he he comes in and he's barely been to acting class so he's doing it method and it's really funny i'm sorry i just he starts yelling about how the king burned his village and his soldiers killed his wife and the guy's like that didn't happen that didn't happen i don't know i laughed (laughs) uh that's quite all right uh but we're not here to talk about uh those types of skits no 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 we are here to talk about well this week, we have a very specific topic that we're going to start with, um, but we do have some questions that we might or might not get to. We're going to see how things go, possibly, maybe. But uh, over the past week, uh, we got a brand new cinematic, one specifically aimed at everybody's favorite or least favorite character, Sylvanas, uh, in the new 9.2 patch. Uh, Matt, I'm assuming that you've watched it several times. I watched it like three times. Yeah. Uh, do you, before we get into it, I just want to let everybody know that there are going to be probably some very uh, heavy spoilers. So if you're avoiding the cinematic, avoiding discussion of the cinematic uh, or anything therein, now is going to be your time to sort of check back later. Uh, I understand. I just can't believe she was a horse in a costume this whole time. I thought she was three kobolds. We watched a different video. Huh. Uh, but all that said, I apologize, but it is sort of the uh, the topic of the day. So we're going to be going with it. So do you want to break down what kind of happened in there, Matt, or do you want me to? Uh, I, I guess I can. We can trade off back and forth. So why don't you go ahead and start? Okay. Well, see, Sylvanas is, when, you, when it cuts in, she's unconscious. 
the these the scenes co- comes in with Sylvanas is unconscious. Uh, Uther is standing over her, basically looking at the wound on her chest, while the the chorus of Bane. Uh, I want to say Darian, but it's not Darian. It's a uh, oh bloody Bolvar. Bolvar. Uh, you know, Bane, Bolvar, Thrall, and Jane are all there, and you know Uther is like. I, in, Till the thing inside of her is resolved, she will not awaken. And Bane says to me, what is basically just me, suddenly I am Bane, we are the same person. He's like, maybe it would be better if she didn't. And uh, Bolvar comes in with pragmatism, is like, look, we need to know what she knows. And we're not going to find out if she just lays there. So get with the waking her up. Uh, both Jaina and um, Thrall are on the, she the one who did this horrible thing to Andrew and we shouldn't, we shouldn't trust her to help him. And Uther is like, look, this is pointless. Uh, her, 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 her inner divide is so, so much stronger than mine was, so much worse that she can't resolve it. And he like takes off his armor plate and takes her hand and puts it on the wound that he got from Shadow, not from Shadow, Frostmourne, sorry. And he's transported inside of her. Like he gets like his mind and hers link, and he's seeing her two sides literally arguing with each other. Uh, one thing I, I think a few people have pointed out online, and I think it's a really good thing to keep in mind here, because people are going to say this, uh, it is not her good side and her evil side arguing. It's her. Okay, it's just the part of her that wasn't here when she did all this. Imagine if you lived your life up to a certain point. Like you say you lived your life up till you were 22. Mm-hmm. And then you go into a coma and you wake up. And you have no memory of anything that happened after you age twenty two, but you kept doing stuff. Like yep. you, you know, you like say you got hit in the head, and when you wake out of the coma, your memory has not included anything after age twenty two, even though you you're now forty. And the- so that's what's basically happening here, except that the situation is isn't just that someone lived a life; it's that someone did things that would have completely horrified them before they did them. The, the That's other, where we are. Yeah, the other thing to really keep in mind, though, too, is they also demonstrated this during the, the Uther, uh, like, fusing his soul back together. He kind of explained it in terms of, it's like a part of you being in stasis, where, like, you are essentially, like Matt pointed out, learning what the other part of you did. It's still you. It's still all part of you. You're just, you're learning again. Yeah, it's this is stuff that this part of of Sylvanas had no memory of, did not know had happened, and is now since she's been reintegrated, is now having to face it. It's not somebody else's actions; it's just actions she doesn't remember. In a way, this fragment of her isn't culpable of what she did when she didn't have it, but she's still culpable because mm-hmm. it, the rest of her is still there. It's not the same thing as. You know, my good side, my bad side. One side was able to continue acting and one part was not. And that obviously affected how she made decisions. That's that's impossible. Everybody, Uther was affected by it. He, he made decisions he otherwise wouldn't have made. Remember, this is a fact. But you can't just hand wave that away and say, therefore, the rest of her isn't culpable. She's still culpable for her actions. Yeah, but it's, regardless, regardless. It's still I, her making it, yeah. Yeah, let, I want to move past that for a second. Because what's really interesting in this moment isn't trying to shift blame or anything. It's the deliberate callbacks to stuff that happened previously. Mm-hmm. When you see Sylvanas' two sides, 
one of them is standing the, the the one that is the banshee queen the one that we're familiar with is standing over a kneeling ranger general sylvanas and if you remember the the harbingers not yeah was it the harbingers shorts harbinger shorts warbringers warbringers no, yeah, warbringers. yeah yeah warbringers you remember the warbringers shorts uh the sylvanas warbringers has the exact same situation except that she's standing over a night elf who's saying you know you can't kill hope and she's like can't i uh, it's it's that exact thing again. It's if you've ever seen the pictures from when Sylvanas has has set Teldrassil ablaze, and there's the uh, person kneeling at her side. It's the same pose. Mm-hmm. So this time, instead of it being an outsider, it's literally Sylvanas doing this to Sylvanas. It is her witnessing her own actions and being utterly horrified by them and- to the point where she can't accept them. Like, not only not only a, not only not accept them, but declaring them unforgivable. Yeah, that comes later. Uh, th- that's when Uther, you know, brings her to. I can't tell where they go. I think it's actually. It looks like um, the caverns of time, Hillsborad. It might be it's supposed to be. It looked like it was, but I mean, it could have been lots of places. It's it's a it is a farm. Uh, I'll say that for it. And they have a conversation. I think you should you should take over on the conversation. So part of the conversation that they have is is essentially her declaring that this is awful. This is a wound that cannot heal. This is a fragmentation that can never be accepted. Um, and then Uther sort of appears and he, after declaring himself, he says, well, met Ranger General. And they're sort of in, um, they're in Anderol, right? They're in Uther's memory. Uh, Uther is in his mortal form. He's in his paladin form. He's wearing his armor. He's in all the regalia of the Alliance, something that would be recognizable to the Ranger General, because at that time, even back then, she would know who the Alliance was, but she doesn't know him. And so he says, when she asks, who are you? He says, someone who shared your fate felled by the blade of the very same prince. Uh, and then she recognizes that and says Arthas. And then they have a a, a conversation, right? Uh, Sylvanas declares that she died trying to stop the monster, only to wake up haunted with her, by one with her own face. And then Uther drops the bomb on her and says, that banshee, that monster is you. And this is something that you can see the expression on her face is that she cannot accept it. She doesn't want to accept it. She can't reconcile that. That's, these are things that she did. And then Uther basically flat out tells her, her path began where yours ended, and you've seen the decision she's made. And Sylvanas still can't, you know, say, the, okay, fine, this is me. I understand. I did this, and this is me. And then she says the one thing that I think we were all sort of expecting is... In that moment of defiance, she says, you cannot possibly understand. And Uther just gives the biggest dad sigh that I've ever heard of a character give. It's like, yeah, I actually can. Um, the two have sort of this conversation back and forth where it's it's him trying to get through to her and say, yes, these are things you did. Your fragment was halted. He shows her his fragment of soul and reminds her that the jailer's expectation is exactly what she's going through, that the wound in Sylvanas' soul can never heal because this fragment will refuse to accept that it can ever be a part of her, thus leaving her totally fractured and in a position where she can be lied to, controlled, manipulated, or just continue to make very terrible choices. 
Do you want to jump in? I mean, uh, the whole thing is about the reconciliation of, I don't know how to put this trauma in a, in a way that the metafiction here, the, 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 the thematic underpinning is the concept of trauma and what trauma does to us. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't excuse actions. That's, that's not what's being given here. This is not a get out of jail free card. This is not see, it wasn't really her fault. It's literally saying, yeah, it's your fault, but you know, this horrible thing happens to you and you're torn apart. And you've, you've heard that a million times in, in real life, in real situations. This is just making it, it's, it's making it a subtextual thing as part of the story. Sylvanas went through traumas that none of us really can understand. Not even Uther. Uh, he's kind of, he has an understanding of what it is, but not the depth of it. He, Very did, he didn't get to live to make the same terrible choices. She didn't have the consequences, yeah. right? Like he had one terrible choice he made after his fragmentation had happened while he was already dead. Uh, and he did that with, you know, be, he was led to do that by somebody else. Um, whereas she had years of, of acting, but based on her trauma, based on the, the, the injury she had suffered, the, the thing that the utter violation of the artist did to her, not just the killing her with, with, uh, Frostmourne, but what he did to her after forcing her into an unlife where she was tormented constantly and could find no, you know, he, she was a banshee slave for a while. Then she managed to find her body and reintegrate into it, but that just made it worse because her body was dead and none of the stuff she felt before could she, she could feel now. And this whole time, a part of her was hidden away. She couldn't access it and it couldn't access her. And that's if you've ever had real significant trauma. I mean, I don't want to get turn this into a Matt Rossi psychology episode, but I, I've been in the place where you, you just can't feel certain things, and and it's it doesn't change the fact that what I did was what I did. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't it, it doesn't take away my responsibility because I was you know by this pain altered. Yeah, it, uh, and, and that's the thing we're getting to here. That's the entire point of this conversation between these two characters is him saying, look, I've been there. I've done things that I wish I hadn't done that I wouldn't have done, but I, I did them and you can't, you can't get away from it. You have to turn. He wants you to deny that this is you. He wants you. The jailer is the he in this. He wants you to to do that. He wants you to stay fractured. Yeah. Because as long as you are, as long as you can't turn and face your, your life, your actions, your, the consequences of them, then you will be unable to tell us what he's after. And he'll win. You know, it doesn't, you know, when you said, and she, you pointed out, she says that her crimes were unforgivable. And she says it, her, my crimes are unforgivable. Yeah, she, 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 she turns over. And, and when, he's, when she says that, he goes, yes. And you may never be forgiven, but you can make it, you can at least take action now. That, that is, that's the least you can do, is you can do this. You can face what you've done. And after that conversation between the two of them, he comes out of it and says, look, uh, I did what I can. And after a, a while, she opens her eyes. And that's the end of the cinematic. So what we've got here, I don't know how to explain it to people because I, I've seen a lot of reactions to it. When she opens her eyes, they're blue. Yes. Indicating that the Ranger General is now integrated into her, that that's a part of her. Um, I've seen a lot of reactions to this. The one I really want to address is, I don't care if you like this or if you hate it. 
like right now. That's that's totally your choice. It's your decision to make on how you feel about something. Mm-hmm. But this entire storyline, I've been seeing something happen over and over again, and I'm gonna just call it out here. People have a real hard time understanding that you disliking something or me disliking something does not make it bad. There is it is not that simple. You can you can actually enjoy things that are awful. You can go and you can watch something and think, "Wow, oh, this was really fun. I really enjoyed it." And it's objectively a terribly made, poorly executed, poorly thought out thing, but you liked it for whatever reason. That can happen. And the inverse is also true. You can come upon a piece of art, and in this case, this cinematic, and much of the storytelling in the past couple of expansions Mm -hmm. has been superlative, but it isn't what you wanted for whatever reason. And that means that people are judging it based on their their visceral reaction to what it gives them. And that is a part of art. That is a part of art is understanding that, and yes, if you have a negative reaction to something, that's valid, but you have to stop and think about why you had it. And that's really important here because we are getting to a, a real nexus point in this story. It's yeah. time to really, it's time to really, really let the story tell you where it's going. I, I think um, one of the, th- the thing on the same line, and this is something I talked about uh, before, and we've talked about earlier, uh, and I've talked about it on other podcasts as well. It, it's the you, there's this in particular, and the character of, of Sylvanas and her storytelling and the action she's making has elicited a very visceral emotional response from players uh both for and against her uh we have both man i have both encountered individuals uh that refuse to see anything other than that she needs to die no matter what the story tells them because that's the only thing that will make them happy and so they ignore the greater strokes of the story they ignore the nuance or they sort of pick and choose what they acknowledge it it is really one of those things where, especially with this cinematic, you need to sit there and actually pay attention to the dialogue and, in particular, the animation. There's a lot of things we talk about with visual storytelling, and I'm going to talk about it a little bit here as well before we go on to further analysis. Over the course of the year, Sylvanas, as a character model, has changed. When she was originally in Undercity, she was in her Ranger General body, wearing her Ranger General armor. Exposed skin, very little armor for quick mobility, still wearing the feathers and keeping them polished, with her bow and her air her quiver on her back. As time progressed and we got to a more paranoid version of her, I believe it was Cataclysm, might have been Legion, she got a character model update. That character model update. Moved. She actually got she got one in Cataclysm and another. Yes. Legion. So the the one in Legion was more heavily armored, and it was much more angular, much more metallic, much more it, like even the the feathers were dying. They were they're starting to decay. Uh, she was wearing more chainmail. She was wearing more more metal plates, and she was looking as like a darker, more sinister person in that regard. Less of the Ranger General, more of the Banshee. Then comes to this expansion when we see her, and she basically is wearing Jailer armor. She's wearing armor like everything that exists on Torghast. And then to see that juxtaposed in the exchange between the two of them, where she's in sort of that in-between state as her Banshee burning the tree, and then looking at her dealing with herself in the Ranger General armor, same mannerisms, same facial expressions, but much different people. 
The other thing I'd like to call out is that the Uther and Ranger General Savannah that are discussing their their interactions when they're in Anderal, it looks like Warcraft 3. It looks like a slice of time. The animation is different. Even when Ranger General Sylvanas and the Banshee Queen Sylvanas are talking to each other, the Banshee Queen is in the current animation. The Ranger General is stuck in that slice of time, sort of to drive it home. There's a lot of very subtle storytelling in the visual. And I think that's important because I think it starts to inform some of how this this starts to progress. And that's part of that nuance. And it's part of that character development and that character arc. And I think the other thing, now moving back to where we get to the end of it and she opens her eyes, the important thing to note for me and that I've been reminding a lot of people is this is not redemption. This is not the same thing. This is not her magically being absolved of everything. Uther succumbed to the same type of temptations that were presented to Sylvanas, just on a smaller scale. He's still not mustache-twirling evil. He's complicated. He condemned a soul, something he would never have done in his right mind, directly to the Maw, which may have been the soul that was used to, to enslave Anduin. He may be responsible for that in part. That he doesn't say, I didn't do this. He doesn't say, I need forgiveness for this. Even when you he comes back to the Kyrian and he goes to Karestria and he presents himself, it's not, I'm sorry. It's not I, you know, I want to make everything right because it was I was in my right mind. It's no, I did this. I need to reflect. I need to figure out what my new place is. I need to figure out how I move forward, how I progress. Sylvanas is a character that for a long time has just been stuck in that shard of damnation in even her own body in life. She's been stuck. She's been in stasis. She's been fighting a battle that nobody else can possibly understand. She's been alone and she's been essentially fighting as if she was still under the domination of the the Lich King. That, that fear has driven her to make terrible choices. And instead of saying, this wasn't me, at the end of this, she goes, okay, these are my crimes. I did this. I need to move forward. She acknowledging that she can't be forgiven or that she shouldn't be forgiven, I think is kind of a big deal. And I think a lot of people are missing that. She's not looking for forgiveness, but she can look to do something positive. She can look to take everything that she's done, everything she's learned and everything she's seen and be something closer to who she wants to be as opposed to what everybody else wants her to be. It's an important moment. It's an important point in her particular story. And I think Matt's right. If you're not getting exactly what you want, it's very easy to to declare it bad or, you know, because you're getting exactly what you want, declare it good or to try to, to put the pieces in a different order. Just take it for what it is and let the story take you where it needs to go. Let it tell you what it wants to tell you. Now, that being said, that does not mean you are wrong to Correct. feel however you feel. And for that matter... There is a point where you do get to sit back and judge it, and mm-hmm. that time is when it is completed telling you what it's doing. Um, when we get to the end of this, then you can judge it. And you know, you may you you may not, not like it, and that's fine, and you may not like it for perfectly good reasons that you can sit down and list out and you know, we'll do that. I will be doing that. We all will. Whatever whatever our ultimate conclusion on what this story has meant and how we feel about it, 
we will talk about it. Um, trust, trust me that you know you just heard him go for like ten minutes. Uh, we're going to talk about it, mm-hmm. and and I'll be upfront. I am one of those people who want Sylvanas to die or go away. That's how I feel. I have. I am. I am done with this with Sylvanas. I want there to not be any more Sylvanas for a while. I don't care how we get there. I don't care if we kill her in in, in patch nine point two. I don't care if she will if willingly goes to the mall forever. I you know whatever it takes, and it's not because this hasn't been really good acting because it's been amazing, especially the cinematic. Patty Matson puts on a freaking class. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like astonishing to watch this. It's like watching somebody. I mean, there's a little reverb on on dead Sylvanas's voice, but make no mistake, Patty Matson comes along and just absolutely wrecks it. She does an amazing job portraying the the you know the what it would be like to wake up and and know what you've done and see all of this. You know, um, it, it's it is astonishing. I don't know who the actor who does Uther is, but he does a really good job here too. Um, yeah, I actually keep going. I know. Go the ahead, name. go look him up. Yeah. Um, he does a really good job too. I even like, there's like little bits from everybody else. They don't get to do a lot. Like Jaina and Thrall uh, and B- Bane don't get a lot of time. Neither does, does Bolvar. But I like pretty much what every single one of them did. Yeah. In that and it's, time. It's Michael McConaughey. Uh, Michael who, McConaughey? Okay, yeah. Who was also the voice of Kel'Thuzad. Yeah, and didn't he like, didn't he take Kel'Thuzad? Like, and then they switched it to somebody else because he was doing Uther or am I? No, no, I think he just did. I think he did all of it, I think. But yeah, regardless, does an amazing job here. Um, one of my favorite bits though, is, is just Bane and Bolvar. Yeah. Because Bane comes in and says what literally most people I think are thinking, uh, or at least what a lot of people are thinking that that whole, maybe it would be better if she didn't wake up. And it's a, and it's, and it's a completely reasonable reaction. Think of what he went through at her because of her. Yeah, and not just him, everybody. Yeah, like and everyone it, in that room, everybody like they know, you know. He's actually he's I wouldn't say he's friends with Anduin, but I would say they have a mutual respect and they've been they've they've been towards each other in such a way that a friendship could happen if they weren't on opposite sides of the Horde Alliance divide. There's been a respect and there's some admiration and they they've treated each other like people that could become friends. And he's seeing what's happened to Anduin and, and knows what she almost did to him and knows what she did to Jaina's brother because he's the one that stopped it. Mm-hmm. You know, and so when he says maybe it would be better if she doesn't wake up, he is saying something that you would not be surprised to hear someone say. And he does it very well because it's a very dry delivery. It's just maybe it, she didn't wake. It, and then it, Bolvar comes in. No, let me go here, man. Okay. Bolvar comes in and he just delivers. You know, he's like, it's like he doesn't contradict him at all. He doesn't say, no, no, it'd be good if she won't. He just goes, it doesn't matter. We need her. And it's just, it's great because it is such a, Bolvar is such the pragmatist that we've always said he was. Mm-hmm. While he was a paladin and he was a noble person, he was a general who fought multiple wars. And he knows to win a war, you you have to do things that you don't want to do. And this is one of those times. It's just really great. I mean, Thrall and Janus' reactions are, are spot on. And, you know, Laura Bailey could just show up and say, you know, I'd like to have a pizza and leave and it would be amazing. But she does a good job with Jaina because she gets the, the outrage across really fast. And uh, Thrall is just Metzen. I mean, it's Thrall. <laughs> it's not Metzen anymore. 
Oh, it's not because it sounded just like him. So good job, whoever's doing it. Yeah, the the current voice actor for Thrall it was shifted. It hasn't been mentioned for this entire expansion um, because he's been doing other things. But whoever I I don't remember the name of the guy, the person that's doing it, but he's been doing a phenomenal job. All I wanted to jump in earlier and say is that the amount of emotion conveyed in that scene in such a small amount of time is not only a credit to the writers in framing that scene and the director getting that scene set up the way it is, uh, because there's a lot in the looks too. There's a lot in the animation that's presented. There's a lot in, and again, that environmental storytelling, but then those voice actors, every single one of them is just, zeroed in they're they're dialed in perfectly to that moment and bane is the like matt's pointed out is probably the perfect example just because it's such a small line but it's so impactful and then you see his the look on his face as he says it and it's just like yeah okay i'm here for it it's it's phenomenal how much this this cinematic is probably one of the most emotionally filled ones and I don't mean like it's going to make you cry or anything like that. I mean, just the level of emotional gymnastics that are being done between the characters and giving themselves their their presentation and, and giving themselves their arc. Uh, particularly, like you like we were saying that that conversation between uh, Patty Matheson and uh, and Michael Conaghy. Uh, it's just phenomenal. Like I could listen to those two go back and forth because it is sort of this wizened elderly voice and this person who is, is horrified and terrified. And that I think is also important because it's a scary thing to be trapped and see that and then see what you became. And so not just be mad at it, but to be scared of it as well. And to give both emotions the same space so easily with just your voice phenomenal like just absolutely phenomenal uh and i have been corrected it appears it is actually chris metzen that is doing the voice of thrall so that does explain uh at least why it sounds so much like chris metzen i guess yeah <laughs> uh but i mean continued thoughts like let's let's move on to our own personal thoughts about this cinematic and 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 where it is matt like you said you've watched it a few times what what stood out to you the absolute most? Well, like I already mentioned the acting, and I think the acting here is phenomenal. It is it is very good. Um, you talked a little bit about the little little visual storytelling stuff, like the the way that Sylvanas as the Ranger General looks like softer and more muted, more like her 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 Warcraft three model. I mean, better, but still, she looks more like her Warcraft three model. Mm-hmm. Uther looks more like his Warcraft 3 model when you see him as as the paladin Uther. Um, there's also stuff like, like like I mentioned up front about the whole restaging, about how it's it is Sylvanas standing in front of Teldrassil again. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some stuff I I have some suspicions that I've I am leery to talk about because I have absolutely no evidence for them. But I'm going to poke you to do it anyway because I think that's what people come here to listen for. Well, here's the thing. The person who was mostly presenting us with what was going to happen in Battle for Azeroth at the time was a man named Alex Afrasiabi, mm-hmm. who I'm pretty sure was the the person who came up with the idea that it, that things should unfold the way they did. And he talked about it a lot, and he defended it quite a bit. Alex Afrasiabi clearly does not work at Blizzard anymore, and you guys know why. Uh, without me derailing too hard, uh, we we don't have any. I can't prove anything. If I say he did something, that that's not provable. Um, but 
it seems pretty clear that you know the removal of his name from the game implies that he he is involved in the current situation Blizzard is going. Um, well, that's vague. <sighs> Sorry, but I, I really can't just I can't say he did we, something I can't prove. Yeah, we um, got we 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 all know what's going on in the current state of things, but yeah, um, but not regardless, to dwell. Th- this means that for the past two expansions, other people have had to pick up the idea he he came up with and make it work. And while I think the storytelling in Battle for Azeroth is some of the best World of Warcraft has ever had, and I'll keep saying that because people don't believe me, uh, I do think, you know, I am one of those people for whom it was a gut punch. It hurt. And people are like, it's just a game. What do you care? But I care about this game. This game has been a big part of my life. This game is, I I proposed to my wife playing World of Warcraft. You know what I mean? I mean, I've been in... I, I was I've been in guilds throughout the history of this game. Because of this game, I still have the ability to see somewhat out of my left eye. If I wasn't running about World of Warcraft, I wouldn't have had enough people in the community to come help me when I started to go blind. World of Warcraft is not just a game to me. And so whilst I think Battle for Azeroth was extremely well done, it hurt me and I didn't really get over it. And you can mock that if you want to. Uh, people have done so. People even in the comments of our site have, have mocked me for it. Mm-hmm. And I don't care. This, the game is important to me. And so in Shadowlands, while I understand for some people this is kind of like a, the, the expansion that's th- the weirdest and hardest for them to get their head around and all this new stuff and they don't know what's going on and it's gotten, you know, and Sylvanas has been this like darting around figure throughout it and we keep seeing her almost get punished and then not get punished and all that's there, and I understand what you're saying, and it's to some degree I share it. Like, I was really, really upset she didn't come out of the fight with Taronda messed up. Like, I wanted to see her get hurt. But that's that's an emotional thing. That's, that's my reaction to the fact that back at the beginning of Battle for Azeroth, the game got changed for me in a way that I really couldn't cope with. What with everything else that was going on in my life and in the world, seeing that happen, it really hurt, and I'm still not over it. But I, this is the first time that I felt like people who actually understand the the severity of that moment are in charge. Yeah. Because the reaction, the, the, the scene between Sylvanas and Uther, I have been saying since 2007, like whenever I started working on, on talking about World of Warcraft and other Blizzard games professionally, I have been saying that Sylvanas Windrunner is one of the most interesting characters in the game. And and that doesn't mean she's like I that I like her as a person. I would want to hang out with her. I think I would have liked her as a person up till the you know till she died. Like the person she was before. I mean, I would have been afraid of her because you know she's she was like a stone cold killer, but you know like all ranger generals. Mm-hmm. But I I think she would have you know she had a lot to her personality. The fact that she's the one who stayed when her sister who was supposed to become ranger general took off on a revenge kick. You know, Alaria abandoned them to go fight, to go off on a revenge rampage. And while that's perfectly understandable, it left Sylvanas holding the bag. Sylvanas was not supposed to become Ranger General. She never anticipated it. She didn't want it, but she took it because somebody had to do it. Who was going to do it? Valeria, who is still relatively a child by their standards? Was she going to, you know, not Valeria, Varisa, sorry. Um, was she going to leave that to Varisa? No, she, she couldn't leave it to Varisa. So... It had to be her because Alaria effed off. And then from there, she managed to still, like when her sister appeared to have died, she managed to mourn her. 
She contributed, even after her people had pulled out of the alliance, she contributed to that statue that they put up of Illyria in Stormwind. She wrote the plaque for it, saying, you know, you were the best of us. Imagine saying that about somebody who left you behind to do her job, but she did it because she loved her sister. You know, she, she had lost her whole family to the Horde, but she still loved her sister. And then everything she went through after, and I'm not going to sit here and list everything Sylvanas went through. Come on. It's, it's been, it's just too much. But that's my point. It's too much. Is it any wonder if she'd been completely whole, she would have broke. Like the, the, the wound that, that Frostmourne inflicted on her split off a piece of her. Yes. But had that piece still been there, she still would have broke. Because it was just so much. Maybe she wouldn't have broken the same way. But the whole bit of this cinematic is, it isn't the the fragment coming along and saying, you know, I'm Sylvanas now. And all that stuff that one did, that was the bad me. I'm the good me. I won't, you know. No. It's her. It's a piece of her that didn't experience any of it. Experiencing it all at once. Mm-hmm. And realizing, you know. In a way that she couldn't do while she didn't have that piece of her because she could not stop and look at herself. And now she has been forced to. The jailer figured that being forced to look at herself would destroy her. And that's what he wanted to do. He wanted it to destroy her. And that way he, he wouldn't even have to deal with it anymore. He didn't even want to have to, to smear her on the, on the ground in front of him. He wanted her to just be destroyed mentally because he likes torture. He is a terrible person. We, we'll, we'll get into that at some other point, I'm sure. It's this moment because it isn't, like I said before, it's not a get out of jail free card. It's not even like you don't understand until you've actually like been to a point where you've suddenly realized what your behavior has actually done to people. You don't know what it is like to, to, to come to that realization. Um, and it's, it is destroying. It is agonizing. In a way, a death for Sylvanas that sent her off into like the unknown to be like, you know, recycled into anima for something else. That would be a mercy. Because it would be over. She wouldn't have to do any of this anymore. Imagine having lived through all that and now having to realize that it broke you and you turned into something that you would never, ever want to be. That you became just a terrible person and that you've been a terrible person for years doing awful things. And now you have to face the people you did them to. That is, this cinematic is setting up some interesting stuff. Um, as somebody who, again, and I, I'm going to say this again, as somebody who did not like the previous story, and I, I did not like it, that doesn't mean it's bad. It just means I didn't like it. I didn't want it. But having gotten to this point, I feel like it's finally heading in a direction that I that I can enjoy, that I can look at and say, okay. So yeah, we'll, we'll see. I, I'm, sure, I'm sure Joe has lots of stuff to say here. Uh, but I also do want to point out that in addition to the visual stuff, in addition to the acting, there's some really good cinematography here. Mm-hmm. Like there's just some amazing use of darks and lights. There's some really good moments of just sweeping the camera around. I know there's no actual camera, but that's what we call it. The, the point of view sweeps around in good, in good, interesting ways. It, it is really, it, it brings to me this real sense of frustration that Blizzard has not been ever taken off the chain and allowed to do like just visual storytelling. Um, I, I'm going to just sidetrack here and say, I've been watching arcane, the league of legends <laughs> yeah. series on Netflix. It is amazing. It is extremely well done. Uh, the acting is phenomenal. The, the, the cinematography in it is phenomenal and watching it. I'm more convinced than ever that if the blizzard cinematic team was just given free reign, they could make something like that. Agreed. And this, this, yeah. the cinematic proves that to me. Oh yeah. And it's just to watch this 
to see them actually deal with the characters to, to really dig in on Sylvanas and to have you know Patty Madsen come in and supply both voices. She's doing voices for both versions of Sylvanas at the same time. She's literally just, arguing with herself. <laughs> yeah, and it's it is compelling. It is it is interesting to watch. It, yeah. It, and then you combine that with with the, the entire concept. Like for me, it was this idea of of a soul in conflict. This is something we've been talking about forever, right? This is something that we've talked about a lot of times on this show. Uh, we've talked about it on the other podcasts as well. It, it's Sylvanas is a complicated character, and that's always been part of her strength. She's never just been purely a mustache twirling villain, and the cinematic shows not necessarily how she got to where she is because it doesn't excuse any of it. These are still choices she made regardless of what influences were there, what deals she cut uh, or whatever it is. Cause we, we still don't know. There are things we still don't know even after this. Right. And I'll, and I'll get to that in a second, but it's the entire idea that this is a cinematic about a soul in conflict. That is, is a individual model, uh, dialogue between two parts of the same person arguing with themselves. And that resonates with me at a very visceral level where I not to go to like sideways about it, but as somebody who struggles with things like imposter syndrome and stuff like that, it hit home. It hit home how somebody could be conflicted and questioning their own stuff and not accepting what they're seeing as them or not accepting what they're seeing as being real. I didn't do that. I couldn't have done that. That's unforgivable. That's terrible. That's uh, or the other side of that is I'm not good enough to do good. I'm not good enough to do that amazing thing. Right. It's two sides of the very same coin. And it's this internal conflict that we see between Sylvanas and herself with the, well, I'll just call it the Ranger General fragment, uh, basically being crushed in, in, in horror and devastation, not just that the stuff that she's seen herself do, but still running and, and trying to get a handle on the fact that this is her, that what she's seen isn't a lie that this actually happened. Right. Uh, the scene that did it the, the most for me is, Matt pointed this out earlier. It's where the Banshee is standing over the Ranger General, and it is not shot for shot uh, the same, but it is framed the same as the Delarin Silvana scene, where Delarin is on her knees and Sylvanas is getting into her face, and Delarin saying, why? You've already won. Only innocence remain in the tree. And Savannah saying, this is war. Delarin going, no, this is hatred, rage. Windrunner, you were defender of your people. Do you not remember? And Savannah's going, I remember a fool. Fast forward to now, and you have the Ranger General kneeling in that same position, eyes with tears, filling with just utter horror and devastation at what she's doing, chest shaking, uh, the pain, the accusation clear as day as how, how could she do something like this? How could this person who gave up everything, who stepped in when her sister ran away, who flew in the face of authority to make sure that her people were safe, who was betrayed by her own people and that led leading to her death. Why would she cause that to somebody else? What would take her to that point? How can she reconcile that? And it was such a powerful moment 
And even then, like, looking at the exasperation as, like, the Banshee tries to justify herself, right? She tries to argue with the Ranger General, trying to describe a bigger picture that even we, like, not to say that it's not there, but one that we can't see, and one that maybe Sylvanas can't see as clearly as she thinks she can she makes claims like this was beyond life and death. There was no other path to true freedom. How can you not see that? What true freedom? Even in the last moments, we'll say, because at this point, this has been moments since Sylvanas' soul has been, sh- uh, fragment has been shoved back into her body and the, this, this conflict has started. Sylvanas turned on the jailer because she realized that there was no freedom coming. It was everybody was going to be made to serve again. She was lied to. She was fed down this path that she maybe not wouldn't have if she was in her right mind or or in a right state or or whatever, but she had succumbed to these choices, made those choices, and been led to somewhere, even we see before she gets the fragment back, that she didn't really want to go because there was no greater good. There was no Machiavellian purpose at this point if it's just going to repeat and put her back in all the other people that she damned into servitude again. And it's this battle between them, and especially like Patty Madison screaming at the Banshee, the, the Ranger General screaming, I see what you are, murderer, monster, butcher. These are labels she's giving herself. This is part of her process of integration, part of her accepting these are things I did. And Matt's right. If you've ever if you've ever been through something very traumatic and eventually having to reconcile with things that you did when you couldn't feel or you weren't necessarily 100% home, it's devastating. It can be absolutely devastating. But yet somehow you're you have to move forward. You have to find a new path. You have to to take ownership of the things that you did. And I think that's been part of the reason why Sylvanas has always been a divisive character is because up until now, and I don't know if you've noticed this, ever since she became the Banshee, it was always somebody else's fault. We are slaves to this torment. We are slaves to this. We are prisoners of our own mortality. We are prisoners of death. We are the, this is Arthas's fault. This is the Legion's fault. This is Sargeras's fault. This is, I'm just throwing names out there. I'm not saying that she says this, but it's always somebody else's fault. Look at before the storm. She doesn't want the, the desolate council to do what they're doing, but she allows them to do it anyway. She doesn't want them to do it for why? Because they'll abandon her because they'll remind her that she's not who she says she is. And when she murders those, those beings, the forsaken in that field, in, in, in the Valley, it's not her fault. It's their fault. They made her do it. They left her no choice. That's always how it's been with her. This is the first time since she died that we see her say, I did this. These are my crimes. And it's starting to sink in that, yeah, this is me. It's nobody else's fault. It's it's not something that I can explain away. It's not something I can blame somebody else. 
I ultimately chose to burn that tree. I ultimately chose to murder those people. Even if I was nudged in a direction, it doesn't matter. I still chose. It's nobody else's fault but mine. I could have stopped. I could have not made that choice. And yeah, I think and that's it's, big. It's one of those things when you deal with that kind of situation. Um, this is one of the reasons why I almost wish we could like have a, a therapist on the show. Like Seriously, I'm not kidding. Because this is one of those... Uh, I watch a lot of videos like Therapist Reacts to X. And I'd, ha- I'd love to watch a therapist react to Sylvanas. Although, you know, man, all that stuff she'd have, all that research she'd have to do. I know we but, have at least one therapist know. that listens to us that is a fan of this game. So if you want to drop us a line with your uh, with your notes notes on this, feel free. But like seriously, I think if you've ever, we keep talking about this, and and again, it doesn't excuse anything. Um, I've even said this to my wife. I've said on a few occasions, you know, like I was a terrible person, mm-hmm. uh, and that I would not want her to meet me before a certain point in time. Like she's always been like, imagine if we'd met when we were younger. And I'm like, no, I, I'm glad you didn't meet me when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and I, it was me. I, you know, I, yes, I had my reasons. Yes. I blamed other people. And I mean, some of that, some of that stuff was because other people did things, but that doesn't make what I did, not what I did. And that's the thing that I feel like we've, we've actually gotten a sense of here. Um, I totally get people saying that it's not enough. And the thing is, this cinematic is not meant to be the whole story. It's not I mean, absolution. Whole, yeah. It's, it's, well, but no, it's not absolution. We don't even know what's coming next. We know other stuff is going to happen in this patch. It, We've been told there's going to be a Taronda Sylvanas something. There has to be, right? Like, we've yeah. been told that there is, but there has to be. There's, this is the other thing that I wanted to talk about, too, is like, even though we're here, this is just the beginning of tying up of some of the loose ends. There's so much stuff that we don't know that we've never been privy to. Like when we had Steve on the show for the interview, one of the things we talked about and we asked him and he couldn't tell us was what exactly happened in that conversation between Helia and, and Sylvanas. We don't know what happened there. We don't know what deals were cut. We don't know what powers were exchanged. We don't know any of that. We don't know any of the journey in the back end. We don't know any of the story of her developing that new plague back in the day and, and putting all that forward. There's so many things that we don't know yet. And we're going to start finding out more of that. We're going to have those moments of Tarand and, and Sylvanas having to have a confrontation because, well, Alun's no longer in Tarand and the jailer presumably is no longer exerting power through Sylvanas. Maybe. I don't know. But how is that going to reconcile? We still have all those elves that were displaced. How's that going to work? All those souls that are now in Ardenweld that we canonically saved from the Maw and from Torghast of those night elves. Uh, how does that work? Does Sylvanas go and apologize to them? Does she face them? What happens there? there? There are so many loose ends to her story that we can finally start getting. And I think that's really really important because it's part of that matt says something that i hear a lot is i just want her to go away because we've had a lot of her and we have we absolutely have but part of that is getting that closure to move forward to move away from it so that we don't have to deal with it again and i'd rather in this next patch start having all this come out i mean is she gonna have a conversation with bolvar about all the terrible things that happened there is she gonna have a conversation with uh anduin because that's a whole other thing too like there's just so much here. There's so much that we can finally start getting into and start closing out. And then she can go away for a while. Right. 
whether it's she dies or she stays back in the maw or she does something else or whatever, she can go away and we can finally move. Oh, we can move forward. We can move forward from, and I hate to say this because I don't know another way to say it. We can finally move forward from Warcraft three, because I feel like no matter how good the storytelling has been, no matter how big the story has gotten, no matter how much has been revealed, we never really moved away from Warcraft three. Everything we've been dealing with up to this point has been something that either started there uh, or has gone back there. Almost everything. Actually, that does bring up something I want to talk about. Sure. Though, in that, in a real, very real way, lore in games is often connected to the actual ludic nature of the game, the gameplay aspect. Mm -hmm. Um, The decision made in 2004 to go to a hard faction divide between World, you know, the, the Alliance and the Horde and World of Warcraft meant that they couldn't move from Warcraft 3 because mm-hmm. Warcraft 3 ends the faction conflict. It ends it. Yep. It's over. At the end of Warcraft 3, everybody on Azeroth came together and fought for their lives. And, you know, at the end of that, then we even have, we've got the story with Rexar showing the growing pains of the Horde, like the, the new settlement they're building, showing Jaina turning away from her father's, you know, her father wouldn't let Warcraft's one and two go. He wouldn't let it end. And it's not that he wasn't right. Everything he said about what the Horde had done to him was stuff the Horde had done to him. Mm-hmm. He was just, he was unwilling or unable to accept that the situation had changed and that sometimes you don't get revenge. Sometimes you don't get to make them pay for what they did. So, you know, you, you want to, you want them to suffer for what they did, but you ever want the suffering to stop, you got to stop it, you know? And that is, that's something that Warcraft itself is aware of, but which we were not allowed to process. And so we keep having, like, that keeps coming back because they won't take the step necessary. And it feels like they're finally starting to do that. Like, maybe we'll get there now. Maybe well, we're finally going to see what Jaina said in, at mm-hmm. the point of, of Battle for Azeroth. What's different? We are. There's, you know, maybe we can get there. Com- combine this with, uh, I think it was the interview with uh, with Ion Hazakastas, right? Where he said that maybe it's time to move beyond that. Maybe it's time that we start looking past the faction divide. Uh, yeah. I'm paraphrasing, I, I, and I and I apologize because I don't remember the exact statement he made. But that combined with this feels like maybe we are finally getting to that moment. And it's not a bad thing. I'm not saying that the fact that all these years has been informed by the events of Warcraft Three because we've gotten some amazing stories but, but out of it. You talked about you talked about it specifically when you just said it. Got me thinking about the fact that we've basically been we've talked about stasis here. We've been in stasis. We've we've, it's not just like we talked about how Sylvanas, a part of her was in stasis out Uther, a part of him was in stasis. Everything has been in stasis. Mm-hmm. Warcraft three in terms of storytelling. If you really think about it, Warcraft three is the wound inflicted by, you know, by Arthas, by the, the Lich King, by the, the scourge, the scourge is unnatural. It's not supposed to be this way. People aren't supposed to get up and start moving around when they're dead. Undeath isn't supposed to happen. It is the Shadowlands and the power of the Shadowlands, the power of the Maw, infecting our world where it's not supposed to be. There's supposed to be a barrier between them. Things are only supposed to go in certain ways. You know, resurrection isn't supposed to happen like this. There's a cycle of reincarnation. It's supposed to go from the Shadowlands to, the, to whatever the life plane is, the Emerald Dream or what have you, 
and from there into into Azeroth. It's not supposed to work this way. It's broken. The machinery of death we keep talking about, the break in it was Warcraft 3. Warcraft 3 was the break. Warcraft 3 is the moment nothing has worked right since. Everything has been messed up since. And that's... This is again. This is all narratively speaking. This isn't like literally the game's lore. This is just in terms of the effect on the narrative. Yeah, we've we're we've been circling Warcraft three over and over again. That's why we keep getting Legion invasions because they keep not moving past. We keep and getting that, caught up. You know, it's it and is maybe, very much that narrative thing. Maybe this is what we needed to get past it. And maybe that started with Legion, and maybe that started with the end of it. Uh, Battle for Azeroth uh, kind of brought it back a little bit, but the Titans are gone. The Titans are in their seat. They're they're not coming back. Old gods are technically theoretically gone. We don't know that for sure, but you know that's that's a whole other thing. The faction, every major character from Warcraft is basically gone or getting ready to be gone. Whether it's Uther Arthas, whether it's uh, Sylvanas, Chen Stormsouts back on the Isle, retired, like they're they're all retired essentially or in some manner and it feels like we've been asking for this for a while and, and a lot of people have been asking about it how do you how do you move forward with a game that's almost two decades old and it's you give the lore that's already existed a rest and start moving forward with a new story and i think they can and i think this might be potentially us finally breaking that stasis like matt's pointing out Maybe we are going to finally move away from Warcraft 3. Maybe we are finally going to move away from from that. Maybe we're going to move away from the Faction Divide and have more complex storytelling. Maybe we'll get that story of the elves breaking away from both factions. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll get something more in-depth, and maybe this is the beginning of it. But with Sylvanas, finally, her story finally coming to an end, that really is the last story. Karen's no longer around. Vol'jin's gone. He'll be a Loam, but we don't know when he's going to come back. But even then, he's not going to be a faction leader. He's not going to be involved heavily in, theoretically, in the day-to-day operation of the world. Varian's gone. Who else is left? I mean, there's Thrall and Jaina, but Thrall's kind of... Thrall's retired. Well, he's sort of in that council thingy, but he doesn't do a lot. Um, and Varian, I mean, not Varian, Jaina. Jaina's in charge of Kul Tiras, but now that we're not in the Kul Tiras expansion anymore, she could drop to go lead her people, and we could not see her for an expansion or two, and nobody would notice. Yeah. I mean, heck, we haven't seen Cadgar since the end of Legion. Yeah, and I think and I think those, those are important things to note. And I think it's interesting, because for me, and I think just to kind of close it out here, the cinematic represents the start of an end that will ultimately lead to a new beginning. And that's something that I, I haven't felt in a while. It's almost like <laughs> the worst analogy I can think of, but I'm going to say it anyway. It's like when you get sick and you get a cold and it just kind of lingers forever and you kind of always feel it. And then one day you finally start feeling the end of it come and you get that, that sort of clear breathing starts to happen and you're no longer coughing nearly as much. And we're starting to feel like we're getting to the tail end of that. Now I'm not trying to say that it was bad that we, what we had, Far from it. It's been some amazing storytelling. It's been some amazing story and gameplay, some fantastic expansions. But I feel like for the first time, the future is wide open. And we're because we're starting to bring all those stories to an end, even not with this, but we're also going to get starting getting conversations between Bolvar and his daughter. We're going to have conversations probably after we rescue Anduin, because I mean, that's a foregone conclusion at this point. Um, 
we're going to have all these moments that are going to start to wind down that literally anything is possible. It's ripe with potential. So I guess final thoughts, Rossi, anything you want to, you want to say? I mean, probably, but there's a, it's there's probably more than we have time for me to say. I will say that, you know, again, if you don't like what's happening, you have every right not to like it for whatever your reasons are. I mean, there's been times I haven't, but it's really important that you, you actually look at what they're giving you and make your decisions based on that, not based on what you wanted. Um, I see a lot. People mis- keep making that same mistake. That's why I keep bringing it up. That idea that, you know, if you don't like something, that means it's bad. That is not the case. Um, I don't like Final Fantasy. Uh, what is this current one? 14? 14. Yeah. I've tried it again recently. I actually went and downloaded it and tried it the other day. I don't like it. That doesn't mean it's bad. A lot of you love it. This many happy people, that's got to have something. It just doesn't have something for me. That happens. And that, that can totally be happening here. And if that's how you feel, that's totally valid. And I, I'm not kidding here. It doesn't make you wrong. People can like different things. Uh, right about now, I am about as excited for what we're going to see in 9.2 as it's possible. And mm-hmm. I've basically checked out until 9.2. 9.2 comes along. I'm going to come back. I'm going to, I'm definitely going to see all that stuff. 9.1 hasn't really done much for me. Uh, Corthia hasn't really got my interest like I hoped it would, but I am super down for Xerath Mortis. I am super down for, for seeing this really weird new alien place. Um, Cause it feels like we're finally moving. As Joe said, it feels like we're finally moving past the, the trap we've been in for the past, you know, it's going to be 2022, 18 years. And that to me is interesting. I am, I am looking forward to seeing where we go from here. Now that was just us discussing the cinematic and what we think of everything. Hopefully you can share your thoughts with us. I'd love to hear it. Um, Mm -hmm. Don't go ahead and send us an email, but go ahead and talk with us on discord. We have plenty of channels for us to discuss it. Uh, I mean, uh, they can email us too. They could. You could email. You know what? Go ahead. Email us your opinions. Um, but just be constructive. And I ask that you don't come in and just start saying we're we're wrong because she needs to die or whatever. I'm happy to have a conversation with you all about this. But if you have questions about anything we talked about here, if you have questions about anything else regarding any of those those one those Blizzard games that are exist out there, uh, be sure to send us an email into podcastblizzardwatch.com. Specify which show it's for. Uh, you can also uh, hit us up on Discord. And I'm going to do something a little bit different here. And I'm going to throw this out there. Warcraft isn't the only franchise that has been around forever. If you have questions about story, about any video game that is story driven, mm-hmm. why don't you go ahead and send it our way? Matt and I play a lot of video games. Maybe it's time we too start expanding the horizons of Lore Watch just a little bit. So if that's and, something you, you know, I'll be upfront too. Um, if there's a game you want us to talk about that neither of us have played, we'll play ask it. about it anyway. We'll play it. We'll go research. We'll, we will get into that kind of thing. We love doing that kind of stuff. The two of us have had long, long conversations about <laughs> specifically the Spider-Man video game universe. Yes. And I think we didn't, we, didn't we have a discussion about whether or not we think the Spider-Man current video game universe is the same universe as the original Treyarch Spider-Man? Yes, and, yes, and, we did. Yeah. And you told me how it wasn't in all the different ways. And I was like, oh, yeah, you got a point. It can't be the same one. But you guys didn't get yeah. to hear that because that was a conversation Matt and I had in the background because we had but a, it could be a yeah it could it could it, be this something could be a conversation you get to hear. Um, also, one other thing I do want to say uh, on the subject we've been talking about: I, if you think I'm wrong about anything I've said, I am totally down with you telling me I'm wrong. 
I this is not a problem. I will have lo- we can have long conversations about it. Just don't call me names. Just don't call, tell me I'm stupid. Yeah. You can tell me I'm wrong. You can tell me you disagree with me. That's great. Just don't, you know, don't call me names. Don't tell me I'm stupid. I I can be wrong without being stupid. People come to wrong decisions. Uh, maybe, you know, and for that matter, you can just plain old disagree with me without either of us being wrong. And that's totally cool too. I just want to put that out there because I've been seeing a lot of it lately and it not, not even just aimed at me. In fact, not aimed at me all that much, but aimed at a lot of other people. If somebody says something you disagree with, it doesn't necessarily mean that, that either of you are wrong. This is art. Mm-hmm. And yes, it is art. Video games are art. I'm not having that argument again. I, I don't care if, if Roger Ebert comes back from the dead to tell me I'm wrong. I'm sorry, Roger. I like you as a movie critic, but video games are art. We, we are now at the point where not only are they art, they're spawning more art. And there art that so, is there's art that's spawning additional pieces, right? Yeah, it's it's fractal art at this point. So yeah, um, so I had more to talk about than I thought I did. Uh, <laughs> we should stop me so we can leave because I I need food and stuff, and I think Joe does too. Yeah. So all that to say, go ahead and ask us questions about other video games. And on that same front, I do want to remind you all that Blizzard Watch is made possible only due to the contributions at patreon.com slash blizzard watch your continued support means this podcast lending community is able to thrive and grow blizzard watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcasts better chance to have your question answered on our podcast or the queue and an ads free site experience and again if you want us to grow and continue to evolve please consider donating to our patreon uh it is really truly what allows us to do this and to do things like tavern watch where we talk about tabletop games and maybe we can start doing some more stuff with video game lore or other things but we can only do that if we can keep the lights on so anything you can give anything you can do to shout us out uh share us with your friends give us reviews on any of the various places where we're streaming uh recommend us on spotify we're on spotify now did you know that all of our podcasts are there you can stream us without having to download us i'm gonna be up front i didn't know that yeah so uh i work here and i didn't know that so yeah uh but any give us reviews share us with your friends give us plays all of that stuff matters It, it helps keep us going and we do appreciate it when you do uh so i do want to thank you all for staying with us thank you all for staying with us through the conversation we understand it is a difficult time (laughs) uh and this is definitely a very heavy topic that revolves around this character in the cinematic and we just encourage you all to continue to be well yourselves but also stay constructive and stay open-minded when you deal with other people but without no further ado we'll see you guys next week Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.